Well, it was... Um, it's always nice when God confirms something right at the very, very last minute. Because I knew there was something that God had placed on my heart to say, or so I thought. But nothing tonight really felt like it was tying in until when Rach came up just then. No, no pizza. Well, I suppose mm, there's some analogies to a restaurant later. You could take that maybe. Um, and the idea of God changing us and that making a difference to how we interact with those around us in the real world. Um, I've always upheld that truth was important, that it's important to be truthful, not to lie, not to deceive, to speak the truth in love, all these things we hear bounded around in church. But how can I believe in truth if I believe what the culture in the world we live in is telling me about truth? This modern, non-Christian Western view would have me believe that there is no objective truth. There is no such thing as a truth which is solid and stands against all others. Even science turns around and says, oh, it's principles, it's theories. It's, uh, truth is subjective. The meaning is influenced by my experience, the way I see the world. Or some people would turn around and have you believe that truth is something that comes from culture, that it comes from a group consciousness, which in, you know, in easy terms means it's a bit like a team vote on what we believe. It's a bit like it's a politics system. And if enough people believe it, then that's the truth. And those who don't, well, they've just got to be overruled. Um, but I don't think this is the case. I think there very much is one truth and one way of honoring that. A lot of Christians, however, will say that, yes, yes, there's truth, and it's really important until the truth hurts. Surely if we're going to speak the truth in love, then sometimes we have to withhold information from people. Actually, maybe, what's wrong with a little white lie here and there? You've all must have heard the sort of the comment that's, um, oh, what do you think, what do you think? Does this dress really suit me? Does my bottom look really big in it? Oh, no, 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 of course not. Um, do you love my new coat? I think it looks so good on me. And your internal monologue at this point is going, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. This is not good. What do I do here? It looks dreadful, but I can't say that. That will hurt their feelings. It makes, doesn't suit their shape, it makes them look washed out and ill, it's the wrong colour, it's the wrong style. No. So what do you turn around and say as you dig your hole deeper? Oh, it's lovely, where did you get that from? Um, really? Are you sure it doesn't make my bottom look big? Oh, no, 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 in fact, I'll go one step further, it makes you look slimmer. Really good, that. And what about my new coat, do you like that? Oh, yes, the colour is fantastic. You look fabulous in it. Before you know it, you've dug yourself a real hole and you've turned around and you've said a pack of lies, things that you don't believe. But then you could question, what is the truth here? Who gets to define what is opinion and fact? Who has the right to turn around and say that somebody's bottom is too big or that somebody looks washed out in a certain colour? Who is allowed to justify what is right and wrong? Is that not something society has tried to push onto us? 
Well, I love it when Jesus turns around and he says, I know it's a slightly different situation, but to the woman caught in adultery, the uh, legal guys bring her over and say, this woman, been having sexual relations outside of marriage, the law says we should stone her, what will we do? They're trying to catch Jesus out. Jesus quietly turns away, writes in the sands, and then he looks up a bit later once it's calmed down a little bit more gives them a few minutes and says, whoever is without sin should cast the first stone. And one by one, they start to walk away as they realize that they don't qualify for that. Only God gets to call the shots. The best explanation of truth I have found is this. Truth is that which is consistent with the mind, the will, the character, the glory, and the being of God. Even more to the point, truth is the self-expression of God. Which, by definition, basically means anything of God is truth. So you could equally say anything that is not of God is a lie. That shakes things up a bit. Now, don't mistake me for saying, just if it builds somebody up, you should... um, You should turn around and say, that looks fabulous when you don't believe it. But you should, however, instead ask, what is that person really asking? What are they seeking? And how does God view them or the situation or the question? Seek to see the answer through God's eyes. Not judge the situation through our own earthly eyes and way of seeing people. So often we can get taken off to one side, we can misunderstand things, we can become judgmental, we can try and put our own beliefs on things. Uh, It's not gonna work, it's only gonna end up in hurt. So if somebody's really asking this question, maybe what they're really asking is, am I ugly or do I have value? So we want to affirm them. A better answer potentially could have been, Ellie, it doesn't matter what you wear, You could be wearing a bin bag for all I care because you are always going to be that amazing and bubbly, beautiful woman of God. And I absolutely love spending time with you. You wear what makes you feel comfortable. So I guess the reason I chose to speak about truth or rather found myself stuck on this subject with no way of getting away from it is the last few weeks... I have really been personally challenged about what you might call bent truths or mini mistruths, or if you're going to be completely honest about it, lies. (laughs) Situations where telling the truth accurately, and in this I also mean sometimes leaving information out deliberately that would mislead people could equally be classed as lying. To not, you don't have to tell somebody everything. It's not always important that everybody knows all the details. There's a time and a place. But to deliberately leave out information so as it's misleading and sounds like something else is what I'm talking about here. Um, in fact, the fact that we so often turn to the word mistruth or we talk about white lies, shows that we're trying to reduce the problem. We're trying to make it sound less bad than it is. We're trying to make ourselves sound more comfortable. 
We're trying to feel better in front of God when we have to stand in front of him. Um, How am I setting a godly example for people and what do they think of me? What do they think of the God that I serve? Um, Things like, it's more acceptable maybe to somebody to say, I'm so sorry, I was just coming out the kitchen with your steak and I tripped over and it's on the floor. I'm so, so sorry about that, but we'll get you a new one cooked. Sounds more acceptable to them because they're maybe having compassion on you instead of, I'm so sorry, completely forgot to even cook the thing. So you're now going to have to wait another 10 minutes for our own stupidity. Um, We want to make ourselves feel more comfortable and not face the wrath of the person in front of us sometimes. So some of the lies or myths, truths might be because we want somebody else to feel better. Some of them might be because we want ourselves to feel better or not face something so uncomfortable but it's the same difference. It's still not the truth. It's still not where God would have us be. Who's more important? God or the other people around us? Who should I value more their impression of me? Should I be more bothered by the wrath of that person which will be short-lived and actually you can probably explain it and get past it or there'll be another day you'll go to sleep and it'll be over. But what if I keep trying to stand on the wrong side of God? What if I keep walking this way? Where's that eventually going to lead me? What's going to happen to that relationship with God? Yes, he is forgiving. Yes, he loves me. And yes, he wants the best for me. But I have to choose him too. I have to choose to seek to do things his way and to come to him for that forgiveness. You must have heard at some point in a sermon if you've been in church long enough, and for those of you who haven't, that repentance as a word means to turn around and go the other way, to go away from the sin. So when we're repenting of something that we've done wrong, in my case, not telling the truth, telling lies, I have to not only say, God, I'm so sorry for these untruths and for these lies, but I have to stop using them and I have to try. Even if I stumble and I get it wrong a few times, I have to keep trying to use the truth and to do it God's way. I have to walk away from the problem and choose to make a change in my life. Is it better for me to hide behind something that's not of God to keep the guests in my restaurant and hotel happy? I don't think so. So why is it so challenging, to be honest? Probably because it means not only accepting and admitting the faults and the mistakes, but also putting them on show in front of other people. Nobody likes to be under scrutiny. I know I don't. Suddenly it gets very painful. It gets very hot. Yet, it should be about the truth. Proverbs 8 verse 7. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. If this is God's stance that we should speak truth and that any wickedness should make 
us go, ooh, no, I don't want to do this untruth thing. This is a terrible, terrible thing. Then our goal should be looking to God for help on this. Speaking the truth is central to the Christian faith. Matthew 5, I've left my Bible. Can I have that Bible, please? Thank you. Matthew 5, 33 to 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep your oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair black or white. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. I'm not very good at thinking about things in my head. When I think things through, I have to talk them through with somebody. This is why prayer's great for me, because I get to talk things through out loud and not just be counted as a crazy person, because I'm talking to God, not just myself. A, for being a Christian. Um, <laughs> and there's somebody who actually wants to listen to what you're saying as well. How much better can it get? Um, but on a serious note, we always want to explain things away. We want to add to things. It's so much easier to keep going, to keep explaining, when sometimes the short and the simple is the best. When you've said your piece, you don't need to keep going like you need to uh, give an answer for it and keep going and almost make an excuse for it. Yes, I'm a Christian, I come to church. You don't need to explain that away like you're embarrassed. Okay, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. You don't need to keep going over the same ground, repeating yourself again and again. But from that, we also need to have spoken the truth in the first place. And if we say something, stick to it. It sounds quite harsh saying, never make an oath or a promise. It doesn't necessarily mean in a court of law when you're asked to swear before a judge that you are going to speak the truth and nothing but the truth you are going to um, say, no, I refuse to make any promises to anybody. What it's saying is it's so easy to say, oh, you know me, I promise I'll get that done for you next week and make exaggerated claims or try and talk your way out of a situation. Or people got into the habit of swearing on their mother, their brother, their sister or somebody else's life of course, you've got my word on my, on my daughter's life, as if to make it more pertinent. God's saying, whose right do you have to use somebody else's life for the way you're living? Whose right do you have to make promises on my behalf or so on and so forth? Just simply, if you are honest, then people can trust the integrity of what you say and your word should be enough. Liars don't need to make promises because whatever they say, they'll just go back and they'll cover it up and say something else. And we who are God's people who speak the truth don't need to over-exaggerate promises because if people know us for who we are and we are trustworthy, they will know that when we say something, we mean it and we don't need to go on to make big and better claims. So I want to let my words be true. I want the integrity that means I can be trusted. 
um, John 8, 31 and 32 are oh, fantastic words. Um, John, John, John. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We've already seen that part of God's teaching is that we should let our yes be yes, our no be no, that we should speak the truth and we should see lies as an abomination coming out of our lips. So in doing this, in speaking the truth, we will be able to find freedom In fact, today and this week, I've been setting myself the challenge at work of finding new ways of answering complaints, new ways of dealing with people's upsets. And I've caught myself a few times stepping back into my old habits, and I've stopped, and I've rephrased it, and I've spoken the truth, said as much as I've needed to say, and not felt the need to keep explaining, but to just say what was needed to be said. And it's so true, it's not necessarily always what you say, it's how you say it. You can say something that's hard in a way that people will appreciate. Sometimes we need to say hard things to our brothers and sisters. But that's where speaking the truth in love, as Ephesians 4 tells us to do, comes in. Um, I love using bits and pieces of the Bible because it just brings to light just where God is really touching upon things and you go, that's how it works in life, that's what it means, that's what we're called to do and it's a reminder because it's easy enough to be walking one way and suddenly find that you've left the track and that you've ended off somewhere else as I did. You find yourself caught out and you've gone wrong and before you know it, it's starting to hurt you and other people around you and it's starting to damage the work that God might have been doing through you. It's like I was sabotaging the very things he was trying to do by not living the way he called me to. Ephesians 4.15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. As we do the things God has called us to do, as we support each other, and as we sometimes say the things that are hard to say, or we withhold from saying the things that maybe are not helpful and encouraging and are our own personal opinion and are wrong, we can build other people up and we are stronger together than we are alone. So if anybody is struggling with something similar to me, please, please turn to somebody else you know you can trust. There are plenty of great Christians here in this church, plenty of people who will love you and support you when you admit that you've got struggles. I know I've had some help and support from a number of people here, and it's been um, probably one of the reasons that I've not fallen so much, probably one of the reasons I've made less mistakes, because when you've got somebody there encouraging you and saying, you can do this, come on, let's pray about this, let's refocus, pick yourself up, get back on your feet, off we go again. You made a mistake today, but there's still tomorrow and God's got your back still. 
Ephesians 4.25, skipping a few verses. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for you're all members of one body. So this is now taking it outside the church. We've got to speak the truth to other people in society, to those people in our work, in our schools, in um, our communities, in our streets, in the shops we go into, and in whatever social groups we go to. To the people serving us in a restaurant, to the person who we're paying for petrol, to the person who brings our shopping round with the Tesco van, or whatever it might be, whoever you come into contact with, the post person, when they push your, door, your post roughly through the door and break something that you've been waiting ages for, how do you deal with it? What do you say? Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Verse 29. So, you could say that I'd found that suddenly I'd looked down and my hands were bound. I had allowed my hands to be bound together, tied up, handcuffed, chained, whatever picture you want to use. There were, it was like there were shackles. So my very own instantaneous gratification of comfort in a situation to avoid what I thought was smoothing things over and stopping other people from getting hurt had actually meant that I was in a place where I could do less. I could do nothing. I was bound. And it's been painful cutting each one of those chains away. And I don't think they're all gone yet. But little did I realise that with each small, tiny lie for the benefit of others, white lies even, little mistruths, nothing could be wrong with that, while it could, because each one was putting another chain around my wrists. Each one was like putting another heavy weight to my legs. Each one was spiritually taking my heart and my mind further and further away from my God and Creator, the very one who wanted me to be with a unity, to be whole, to be with him and to be free. And it was going the other way. So today I choose to continue, no matter how hard it is, to speak the truth. And when I find the wording awkward or don't know what to say, I choose to ask God for help. But my question to you is, do you speak the truth? And what is your choice today?